Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Welcome your spirit indeed. We ask, Lord, that you touch our hearts this evening. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts. You say, except the Father draws us, we cannot come to you, oh Jesus. May we be drawn by the Father. Touch our hearts this evening. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If there are seats in front of you, try and get closer. Try and get closer. Come closer. Amen. Wonderful. Are you enjoying the work? with the Lord. Are you enjoying the Christian walk? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. How many of you feel tired sometimes? You feel tired. You know? Sometimes you feel tired. Sometimes sometimes you hear another voice that is saying, as for today you can rest. Today it, it was raining. Hallelujah. You see, but um, we ought not to be tired. Amen. We ought not to cease from this work. Sometimes in the morning, it is difficult to even rise up to pray. You see, sometimes some of you, you only rise up to pray when you are on duty to pray. Like to lead prayers. That is when you, you, you rise up to pray. When you are on duty. Hallelujah. Some of you, some, sometimes you are forced to come to work, to church because you are on duty to do something. And you know that when you don't come, it becomes so obvious. You know, whatever the reason is, whatever drives you to do it, do it. Hallelujah. Whatever it is that drives you to do it, do it. Amen. And sometimes it is okay that those things are in our lives. To drives us to do it. Hallelujah. And we should, not, we should not forsake. We should not also overlook the message that the Lord has shown us. Amen. We should not overlook the message that God has shown us. Amen. There are so many people that God could have chosen to sit at where you are sitting right now. You see, you do not know the value of sitting in the chair right now where you are sitting. You do not know even the value of being in this place right now, at this moment. Hallelujah. But if the Lord were to open your eyes to see, you recognize the great message that he has shown you. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, 
seeing we have this ministry, as what? We have received mercy. Hallelujah. As we have received mercy, we faint not. Amen. It says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, I tell you, you know, you may take certain things for granted, but this ministry that we have received, God has shown us great mercy. Amen. Amen. If God has given us this ministry, he has shown us great mercy. If God has given us something to do in his house, he has shown us great mercy. John, if God has given you something to do for him, he has shown you great mercy. Because he could have used so many people to do that. There are so many people that God could have used to do the exact thing that you are doing. And sometimes they would have done it even better than you are doing it. Hallelujah. But he says, seeing we have, we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, that means it's at a result of mercy that we even have this ministry. Then we will not faint. We will not be tired. We will not give up. We will not say we are tired. Even though we feel in the flesh that we are tired, but we recognize that great mercy has been shown us. Therefore, we will go. Hallelujah. Therefore, we will go. You see, you will not understand it. You will not see. But you see, when you happen to be in another situation, then you realize that, in fact, great mercy has been shown you. Amen. You see, for the people who go for Olympics, for instance, they go to Olympics and they run in the Olympics. Do you know that they exercise a lot? Do you know that there are several other people who also exercise? There are several others who also exercise, sometimes equally or even much, much stronger. Or sometimes they put in more effort, many hours of exercise than some of the people who have the opportunity to go and run. Do you understand? But you see, sometimes when you have the opportunity like that to go and run in the Olympics, you think your effort has gotten you there. You think your strength has brought you there. You think your muscles and the many hours of exercise has brought you where you are to run with the people. You think that because you bought these nice shoes... That is what has helped you to qualify to be where you are. That, that, that you having the ability to run in the Olympics, you think, but you don't know that great mercy has been shown you. You don't know that great mercy has been shown you. Amen. You see, there are so many people. You see, if you take a country like Kenya, for instance, there are so many people who are fast runners, who are long-distance runners. There are so many people who are tall enough to play basketball. You see, there are so many people who can run very fast. Maybe much faster than the people who are in the Olympics. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Maybe much faster. Maybe the one that we think is a world record holder there is a real world record holder somewhere in Kenya. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? 
there is a real record, world record, Guinness Book of Records holder somewhere in Kenya. But mercy has not been shown him. Mercy has not been shown him, so he does not have the ministry, he does not have the opportunity to run in the Olympics, even to show that there is some gift in him. Hallelujah. You see, and so he is in this small village and he's the fastest runner. The king needs something. He will run and go and get it. He, will, he can run to chase animals. He can run faster than the, some of the first animals. But he's doing this in this small village. Nobody knows him. Nobody knows him. Hallelujah. He, he does not even see on TV that there is something called Olympics to even make even effort. Do you see? But it is the grace of God, some great mercy that God will show such a person some mercy that something will bring him to a place where he can be seen, where he can be identified, where he can be selected to even run in the race. Except that some great mercy be shown him. Hallelujah. But you see, there are some people who are in the Olympics and they, are, they think it is the exercise. They think, they think it is the muscles. They think it is the technology, the new machine that he can exercise with, which has brought him this far. Do you see? And not acknowledging the mercies of God that is in our lives. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, you see, we need to understand that if God has saved us, and even God has touched our hearts, even to desire to be in his presence, great mercy has been shown us. Great mercy has been shown us. Amen. Great mercy has been shown us. Because God could have orchestrated someone's life in such a way that you know the person had no other option but to seek the face of God. Do you see? And the person will be here. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I tell you, you are being here, it means great mercy has been shown. So it says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have obtained mercy, or as we have received mercy, we faint not. We will not faint. We will not be tired. We will not give up. We will not stop coming. We will not stop doing what we are doing. Because great mercy has been shown us. We have received great mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Amen. Just want to exhort you. Hallelujah. To continue doing what you are doing. Amen. And always rise up. Whenever it comes to church, whenever it comes to spiritual things, see that great mercy has been shown you. You see, spiritual things, you see, you don't find a whole lot of people being involved in it. Do you understand? Because, you see, they they look foolish. You know, they don't look so wise. They They don't look like real things. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They don't look like serious. You, you, you don't appear a serious person. 
Do you see? You see, a lot of times when I am coming to church from work, you know, there are some people that don't think you are a real serious person. You know, sometimes they wonder, ah, we think you are smart, but you know, when it comes to these things, you know, we don't know where to place you. You know? Yes. They, they, they don't know how to, where to place you. That is why, that is why a lot of great people, big people, educated people, they don't serve God. They don't serve God. It, it's even embarrassing to them. Do you understand? You see, a lot of times, you find these um, um, political leaders going to church and all these things, but in the real fact, you come and see from their behavior, from their fruits, that they are not really Christians. They don't really believe in this thing. Do you see? Sometimes a president, when he, I mean, someone is running for presidency, that is when you hear about his church and his pastor. Do you see? That is when you hear about his church. Oh! So he's a Christian. And his offering and his tithe. That, oh, he pays that. You see, they, 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 they are not really Christian. Educated, great people, I mean, people who consider themselves wise, they don't get involved in these things. Hallelujah. And so when you are doing it, they don't understand you. Are you serious? So you mean to say that the whole of Sunday, all that you did was you were in church. Doing what? You know, doing what? Doing what? And then up Tuesday evening after work to, you say you are going to church. Ah, so you didn't have enough on Sunday. Hallelujah. You say that that is why the Bible says that God has used the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He has used the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Hallelujah. So it may appear, it may appear as though you are not such a serious person, that you look foolish, but you are the type that God is using to confound the wise. I say you are the type that God is using to confound the wise. Hallelujah. You are that type that God is using to confound the wise. Amen. Amen. So let us not faint. Hallelujah. Let us not faint. Amen. Wonderful. Well, for a short time, let us uh, share something briefly and then we can go home. Um, So we've been sharing, I think this is um, for several weeks. I don't know how many weeks we've been sharing, but... um, We've been sharing for many, many weeks now about a mind of a servant. Hallelujah. We've been sharing about a mind of a servant. Because if we say we are servants of God, then we want to know what are the characteristics, what is in a mind of someone who is a servant of God. Hallelujah. And we have been sharing with one particular person in mind that if we really want to please God as servants of God, if we want to really be true servants of God, then there is one person's life that we ought to learn from. And there is one person who, has, who had a particular mindset that we are interested in. Hallelujah. So let's quickly go to our foundational scripture, um, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians. 
chapter 2, and let us read from verse number 5. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. And in this particular scripture, I love the Amplified Version, how that it really, really gives or highlights things. Amen. You see, the Amplified Version is not to replace the translation that has been done already. Hallelujah. But it is to highlight, highlight some of the things because you see, these scriptures, they were translated from Greek, from Hebrew. And so there are certain times, there are certain words that mean so much in the Greek or mean so much in the Hebrew. Do you understand? And what the Amplified Version tries to do is to bring all the meaning to each one of these words which have several other meanings or several other explanations. Do you understand? To highlight it more so that you you understand it even better. Amen. So Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant or a slave, in that he became like man and was born a human being. God was born a human being. And after, after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. What an embarrassing death to die. Hallelujah. What an embarrassing death to die. Amen. What an embarrassing death. Even the death of a cross, of the cross. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That in the name of Jesus, or at the name of Jesus, every knee should and must bow in heaven. That means that the name of Jesus is greater than all the angels in heaven. Amen. And this is the name that it is this is the name that is given to us to call upon. Hallelujah. It says it is above all that is in heaven and on the earth and underneath the earth. That means there is nothing here with us. There's nothing on earth that is greater than the name of Jesus. That means that there is nothing that can come to you or that can happen to you that is greater than the name of Jesus. That means that at the mention of the name of Jesus, anything that is troubling you should bow. And you see, it takes faith. It takes faith to do that, to believe in that name. It takes faith to believe in that name. It says that the name, the mention of the name Jesus, demons tremble. They tremble. 
I said they tremble. When you mention the name of Jesus, they tremble, they scatter, they move away from you. Hallelujah. That is the name that is given to you. Amen. That is the name that is given to you. So, no matter what is troubling you, no matter what is in you, no matter what is bothering you, no matter what you are encounter, no matter what condition you are in, when you mention the name of Jesus, if you have belief, if you trust in that name, that God really gave him such a name, if you really believe that God indeed, as he says in the scripture, that he gave him a name, that is above every other name in heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth, then no matter what is happening, when you mention that name, that is why he says, he says, greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the earth, than he that is on earth, than he that is underneath the earth, than he that is in earth. What is in you is greater. Hallelujah. So no matter what condition you are, no matter what you are encountering, what is in you is greater. You are not a small person. I say you are not a small person sitting there. Now the only thing is that you have not acknowledged, you have not really accepted that, that God really gave him a name. He said, in the previous scripture, he says, God, he says, therefore, therefore, because he stooped so low, God also has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him a name. God has freely bestowed upon him a name. So, unless you do not believe that this scripture is true, that God really bestowed upon him what? A name. Do you see? Unless you don't believe that. But if you believe that God really bestowed upon him a name, then let me tell you what that name can do for you. It says, at the mentioning of that name, when you mention that name, every name bows. That means every disease bows. Every condition bows. Every difficult situation bows. Every marital problem bows. Everything that is troubling you will bow. When you mention that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. There is power. In the name of Jesus, there is power. In the name of Jesus, there is power. In the name of Jesus, break every chain, break every chain. 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 There is power in the name of Yeah. <laughs> 
concerning you. People are planning something against you. Break that chain right there with the name of Jesus. It is given to you. It is given to you. Hallelujah. It is power that is given to you. Amen. Sit down. So he says, God gave him a name. God gave him a name. God gave him a name. That is above every other name. Amen. That is above every other name. So you see, I don't know what name you have given to that condition. Maybe you call it marital difficulty. Maybe you call it unemployment. Maybe you call it poverty. Maybe you call it diabetes. Maybe you call that name hypertension. Maybe you call that name breast cancer. Maybe you call that name testicular cancer. You call that name gastric cancer. You call that name liver cancer. You call that name brain cancer. But when you mention that name Jesus, when you mention the name Jesus, no matter what that name is, no matter what complex name they have given it, no matter what complex name doctors have given it, at the mention of the name Jesus, that name will bow. I said that name will bow. Every other name will bow. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So whenever you see the situation, identify it. Identify it. Identify it. Identify it. See the name. The name is not Jesus. Then, then Jesus is about that thing. Hallelujah. If the situation has not been called Jesus, then the name Jesus is above that situation. Amen. See, when Jesus, when Jesus landed on the land of Gathering, when he arrived on Gathering, the madman of Gadara came 
He came because something greater has come. And he asked him, he asked him, wanted to make sure what is your name? He says, what is your name? What is your name? He says, we are legions because we are many. We are many. We are many. And he realized that Jesus is above this name. Jesus is above legion. Hallelujah. He said, Jesus is above legion. Jesus is above legion. So, at the name Jesus, legions, they leave you. He in the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. Sing, there is power, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. In the name of Jesus, to break every chain, 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 break every chain. chain. It breaks every bondage that you are in. There's nothing that can cripple you. There's nothing that can put you in a situation that you cannot come out if you mention the name Jesus. Hallelujah. He says God gave him a name that is above every other name. God gave him a name. Hallelujah. That at the name of Jesus every knee must bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue can confess frankly and openly and acknowledge that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father hallelujah to the glory of god the father amen amen hallelujah and the reason was because he abased himself he humbled himself he had the form of a servant amen that a god can put on the form of man that a god can walk on earth and allow men that he created to treat him like that when you look at something like that it looks so unwise it looks so foolish it doesn't look like there's power in it it doesn't look like it is a great thing it doesn't look like it's mighty but the bible says just doing that bringing yourself that low abasing yourself and bringing yourself as a servant humbling yourself and coming down like that god will exalt you i see the lord exalting you as you serve him i see god elevating you as you serve him i see god putting you in a higher place as you serve him I see God selecting and choosing you as you serve him. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let us continue our message. So we say we want to know the mind of Christ. 
and we want to have the mind of Christ. So we have been learning about the characteristics of a servant. Hallelujah. We have been learning about some characteristics of a servant. And we said a servant has a master. Number one, a servant has a master. Hallelujah. Now when we mention a servant, the next thing that we should ask for is, who is your master? Amen. Who is your master? If you say you are a servant, then we should know who is your master. And a master is someone who just commands you, someone who tells you what to do. Hallelujah. Someone who can say, sit down, and you will sit. You see, we all ought to have someone who can say something like that into our lives. Amen. We all ought to have someone who can say, stop, and you will stop. Do this, and you will do it. Come, and you will come. Even though it is cold, I still say come, and you will come. We all ought to have someone like that. Hallelujah. Someone who can speak into your marriage. Someone who can say that, no, this thing is wrong. Don't do this anymore. And you say, if that is what you are saying, then that's it. We all ought to have somebody like that. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a blessing whenever you put yourself to allow somebody to be able to command you. Amen. And then number two, he says, a servant is at beck and call of his master. A servant is at the beck and call of his master. Isn't that so? That a master says, go and you go. Come and you come. And what is the number three? A servant is someone who executes the command of another. Hallelujah. So there ought to be someone who commands and someone who executes the command. And the person who executes the command is the servant. Amen. And no matter who you are, you ought to also place yourself in a position like that. If you want God to exalt you, at every stage in your life, place yourself in a position where someone can give command that you obey. Never put yourself in a place where nobody can command you. Amen. No matter what position you are, no matter what position you hold at your job, some of you are big supervisors, some of you are big people at your jobs, no matter what position God has placed you at your job, in his house, place yourself in a way that somebody can command you. Somebody can say, do this. Somebody can say, Jessica, come, and you come. Jessica, stop, and you stop. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody can say, I want you to do this. And you say, if that is what you are saying, that's it. Amen. You ought to have a situation like that in your life. Amen. And number four. A servant cannot be inconvenient by any job, task, or assignment. You cannot be inconvenient. You can say, I am too tired, I'm not coming. If you are a servant of God, you cannot be inconvenient. Your sleep cannot be disturbed by God. Amen. Amen. If you hire a servant, David, if you hire a servant that you are paying, that you are paying, and the servant says to you, you go to the servant, you say, I need a cup of tea. And the servant says, no, I'll make it tomorrow. Would you continue to pay the servant? I don't know how long you will keep the servant before you fire a servant like that. The same day. 
You fire the servant the same day. But God is paying you. God is paying you. God is giving you eyes to see for free. God is giving you brain to think. God is giving you mouth to eat and talk. God is giving you air that you breathe. God is giving you all these things because you are serving him. And he says, I want you to come to my house today. We say, no, it rained. It was raining, so I won't come. Amen. What if God fires you and takes his kidney out? What if God fires you and takes your heart? He says, I'm taking, if you're not coming, I'm taking my heart. You see, you are, you, you see, you, 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 you are, you, if you are a servant, somebody has hired and the person is paying you, you see what the person is paying you, so you are doing it. And you think that if you don't do it, you are not going to get paid, they'll fire you. But you are not seeing what God is doing for you as some, even more than payment. Because right now, right now, if God was to touch your kidney a little bit, you see how much it will cost you. You see how much it will cost you. Even, even the transport alone to go and see doctors alone, you see how much it will cost you. Let them give you one prescription and then you go and they say your co-payment is $35 for this one. And for that one, your co-payment is $25. This one, your co-payment is $50. And then you see. And this one, the insurance does not cover it. Then you see that, hey, this small kidney that God is giving me to just, I use it just to urinate. That I don't even think of it. You cannot be inconvenient by your master. Your master's task or assignment. Hallelujah. The next one, a servant does not see himself as equal with his master. Jesus, though he was in the form and had all the attributes of God, he did not see himself as equal. He allowed himself to be sent. Hallelujah. He allowed himself to be sent. The next one, a servant cannot say things like what? We are classmates. Or we are all chemists. Or we all graduated from the same school. Or we, the same year. Or we all work at the same place. Or we make the same amount of money. Or we are all husbands. Or we are all wives. You think you are the only one that is married? I am married too. Do you see? A servant does not say that. Amen. A servant does not say that. Hallelujah. Did I give you another one? What is the next one? A servant does the wishes of his master. A servant does the wishes of his master. Hallelujah. If you are a servant, you do what your master's wishes are. Amen. We read a scripture in Titus chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things. Please your master well. Please God well. If you are singing for God, sing well to please him. You see, let us, let us always desire in our hearts that we will please God. Whatever it is that you are doing, do it to please God. Amen. When 
Anything that you are doing, you are a servant of God. Everything that you have, God is the one that has given you. So whatever you are using that thing to do, use it and do it to please him. Whatsoever thing you do, anything that you do. So even when you stand up, you, you want to insult somebody. You see, maybe your wife has done something or your husband has done something that you didn't like and you want to insult him. Say, I'm going to please God. You will see. And then see, and try. Or as you have mean, you have mean him. He has not come home, but you have planned. When he comes, when he comes, you have, you, you, you have planned all the things that you are going to say. And you have time it when you are going to say it. You see, and you have planned all of it. So when you finish and then you just, as you have planned all your things, just pray, Lord, let me please you today when he comes. Let me please you. And then prepare your things. Prepare your words. Hallelujah. If you strive to please the Lord, you'll see that you'll be a happy person. Amen. You'll be a happy person. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says God is not an author of confusion. If you allow God to come into every situation and condition that you are in, you realize that there will never be confusion. There will never be confusion. Whenever you see confusion, that this thing that you did, it brought confusion, see that the enemy is part of it. See that the enemy is part of it. Amen. See that the enemy is part of it. Hallelujah. And it's not from God. Because if it was really from God, there would be no confusion. Because God is not an author of confusion. Hallelujah. So, did I give you another one? Okay, let me give you a servant cannot be embarrassed by his job. A servant cannot be embarrassed by his job. And the next one is a servant does menial jobs like picking up crumbs, serving food, throwing garbage, and so on and so forth. A servant does menial jobs. Hallelujah. So number eight, a servant cannot be embarrassed by his job. A servant cannot be embarrassed by his job. Hallelujah. When God assigns you to do something, you will not be embarrassed. If you are a servant, you will never be embarrassed by the job that you do. Hallelujah. Some of, some of you, you, you had some servants at home. Do you see? You had some servants. Your parents had some servants. And they would do everything. They were not embarrassed. That, those are true servants. If you are positioning yourself as a servant, you will never be embarrassed by any job. Hallelujah. But it is the people who consider themselves important who are embarrassed by certain things. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Hallelujah. It was so embarrassing to see Jesus on the cross. You can just imagine, even, just, even if you are wearing some nice robe, you know, some beautiful robe, and you are on the cross, you can die with dignity. Do you see? You die with dignity. Amen. I see sometimes in the hospital, you know, you, somebody is dying, and you know, you rip everything from you, let me tell you, you are walking around like you are an important person. I tell you, 
You, you are nothing. You are nobody. You are nobody. You know that you are coming, you are seven, you are important. When, when you are old, they, they strip you. Even your clothes that you maybe have bought very expensive, they cut the clothes. They don't even have time to take your buttons and, you know, take this off and, and hang it for you. They cut it open. And then when, when, when they find out that, oh, everything, you, you are not coming back, then they cover you for dignity. Hallelujah. But Jesus, he was, they, 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 they put him with an embarrassing condition. Embarrassing situation. Hallelujah. And he was still God. He was still God. But the Bible says that he humbled himself. That he was not embarrassed. He was not embarrassed that people would treat him like that. He was not embarrassed that they will laugh at him. He was not embarrassed that he will not be seen even as God. He was not embarrassed. Can you imagine that, you see, the ancient of times, all your, 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 your existence, you are being in a, in a royal. You are a royal. You are sitting on a throne. And then suddenly, now people that you thought of and you made, you created, they are treating you like that. Think about it. I don't think it's an easy thing. Amen. Even you, your own children, when they start disrespecting you, you feel very, very angry. Yesterday I was in a bank and then there was a, a, a mother, you know, from a country which, which name begins with a G. And, and she, had, she had some children. Oh, man. And she was waiting. She was, she was waiting. You know, she, I think she was trying to get to the customer service, so you have written your name and you are waiting. And the children were embarrassing her. You know, talking loud, playing, running, and, and she's, I think she has taught them to speak her local language. Somebody will say, my direct, my direct. <laughs> she was talking to them in her own direct, you know. Some people, that's what some people say. This lighthouse, they say you can't even speak your own direct. <laughs> Allow me to speak my direct. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so she was trying to calm them down, but, and I could see the embarrassment. She felt so embarrassed. She felt so embarrassed. So when they called the woman, I went to the children and I started talking to them and playing with them and and i said i said you are so beautiful there's young little girls you know like i think maybe eight and nine and the other one maybe 12 something like that you know they're all girls and they're pulling their hair and they oh so i said you are beautiful girls wow you are so beautiful but what you are doing you know if somebody is looking at beautiful girls they will not look at you you know, and they felt bad. They felt embarrassed themselves. You see, they felt embarrassed. And they said, look at your mother trying to have a peace of mind to deal with bankers, to get you money. So we, we, we started chatting. We started chatting. And I asked this one, what's your name? I said, what's your name? What's your name? So now they just stayed calm. And then we started, we started chatting. Because the bank, one of the bank, the ladies came and told, can you calm them down a little bit, please? Because, oh, 
and the mother is speaking her direct to them to calm them down. Like, I will beat you. And if you don't stop, <laughs> mercy. Oh, embarrassment. Hallelujah. Embarrassment. Amen. But a servant cannot be embarrassed by his job. Hallelujah. A servant does menial jobs, picking up crumbs and serving food. John 6 and verse 12. Do you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? You see, after he had fed the 5,000, you see, these big men, you know, we don't know the age of Peter, but he was not a small, he was not a young boy. You see, Peter, James, John, they were not young boys. And Jesus told the people, even the people, the, the church members, sit down. And then he called these boys, hey, come, take, take, give to them, serve them, let them eat. And when they finished eating, 5,000 people, when they finished eating, he sent them all home and left the 12. And I could imagine how they look at each other. Ah, how can he send them home like that? If you not tell them, can you pick up that yourselves and... He sent them home. And then he told them, clean. Gather all the crumbs that are left. Gather all the crumbs that are left. Hallelujah. Gather all the crumbs that are left. You see, sometimes, sometimes you, you feel that, ah, this person, what does he take me for? You know, it's just the church that you have come to. But this thing that, uh, you know, clean here, do this, clean here, do this. You know, I am a seminary. I am a university graduate. I am a university graduate. Hallelujah. Do you see? But these people, they were not embarrassed. It, it was, they were, they were prepared. They were ready. And the Bible said they gathered all the crumbs. Because it says, do not waste any. Don't let any. That means, look. And the, the, they said there were a lot of grass where they were. So they have to pick up all the crumbs from the grass. And they gathered. And after they, the people are, they gathered 12 baskets. Amen. 12 baskets. And then each one has to carry on their head. Because I can imagine, they were not small, small baskets. 5,000 people who have finished eating. Can you imagine? Sometimes when we go to Agabapto Fest, do you see the garbage that we carry? And we are not 5,000. We are not 5,000. We carry a lot of trash. And these 5,000, they didn't even count the children. Amen. And the, the diapers that they, they have changed diapers and they have left. They, look, when 5,000 people gather in a place and they are done and they are leaving. You, even you, your small people when in the church, when you finish, when you gather, or even just, look, the church is too big. The choir alone, when they are done, Amen. But they were ready to clean up. And unless God has touched your heart, it says, except the Father draws you, you cannot come to me. Unless God has touched your heart, you cannot do menial jobs that you are not even getting paid for. Hallelujah. You'll be embarrassed. A job that you are, uh, that people look at you and laugh at you, you will not do it. Amen. I just want to share some scriptures with you, something that the Lord revealed to me, and I just want to read it with you, and we can go home. First Samuel chapter 9. First Samuel chapter 9. And 
Let's read from, let's look at verse 15. First Samuel chapter 9 and verse 15. It says, now, let me, let's read from, we can read from the King James Version. It says, now the Lord had told Samuel, I want you to listen to this scripture. We're just reading the scriptures and we can go home. It says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. Look at that. You see, I believe that there's no word in the Bible that is placed there for nothing. Do you understand? There's no word in the Bible that is placed there for nothing. It says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. I mean, when you speak, I think that it goes in the ear. I don't think anybody hears in his eyes or hears in your nose or you hear in your mouth. But the Bible makes mention. It says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. A day before Saul came, saying, now, the background be- behind this story was that Saul had, um, Saul's father had lost his donkeys. Do you see? Saul's father had lost his donkeys, and his father told him, Gather, take some servants and go and look for the donkeys. Hallelujah. Take some servants and go and look for the donkeys. And so Saul set out with his servants. I don't know what, the lo- what you have lost. I don't know what you are looking for that you have not found. But sometimes God makes you lose something. Sometimes God intentionally will withhold something from you that will keep you searching for that thing. Hallelujah. Sometimes God will intentionally cause something to delay in your life that will make you go on searching for something. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? The Bible says that Saul's father, I mean, the scripture just opened by the description of Saul and his father, and that his father has lost donkeys. And his father told Saul to go and look for them. Hallelujah. And so Saul went around with the servants, searching, searching for the donkeys. And then the Bible says, Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came. So some people have told Saul that you have searched for these donkeys. You can't find them. You can't find them. But we know of a, a sewer or a prophet. We know of a prophet in town who can help you find them. Do you see? So it looks as if Saul had just lost donkeys. Or Saul's father had just lost donkeys. And Saul had been sent to go and search for the donkeys. Do you see? What donkeys who are, who are lost, they say, go and find them. You know, when you are sent, certain, sometimes certain errands, you think, ah, this one is impossible, you know. What kind of silly instructions are these? You see, but he went with the servants looking for the donkeys. You see, and so I'm saying that sometimes certain things happen and it is God that is orchestrating something to happen. So Saul had lost the donkeys. Saul's father had lost the donkeys. And they are going to find them. And then they meet, they look everywhere. They couldn't find them. So they meet some people and they say, go, there's a prophet in town. Go to the prophet. He will help you find them. And so sometimes you encounter someone that tells you, oh, 
I hear of this church here. There's a pastor there. You know, this situation, I think if you talk to him, he will help you with that. Or his message is, I think he can help you with the situation. But you see, you brush it aside. They say that, oh, I hear the bishop is coming to town. I think that you need to go to this meeting. Do you see? And you see, you are not making any effort. I mean, there are some people who make every effort. They want to go. And sometimes it's not, just not working out. But you, oh, it's just one another, one other meeting. You see? But Saul, when he heard that, he said, no, I will go and find this man. And he was looking even for offering to go and see the pastor. Hallelujah. Some of you come and see the pastor for free. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Pastor, can I talk to you? Why is your offering? These days, if you want to talk to me, bring your offering. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Who wants to talk to me today? Okay. Prepare your offering. That was um, so. Now they, so Saul and his servants they were on their way to somewhere to look for the prophet. And the Bible says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. A day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. He says he will be captain over who? My people Israel. That means everyone in Israel this man is going to be captain over them. He says that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spoke to thee of. Because God knows Samuel. Samuel sometimes he can make mistakes, you know. And he can um, says, look at this nice one. It must be him. But when Saul was coming, he says, behold, this is the man. He says, behold, the man whom I speak to thee in your ear. Do you remember? That is why he said it into his ear so that you will not mistake him for anyone else. So he said, behold, the man whom I speak to thee of, this same man shall reign over my people. He shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. Now you think this is an accident? He's looking for the seer. And he comes to the seer. Of all the people in the town, is the seer that he's asking, Tell me, where is the seer? And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Hallelujah. Go to chapter 10. Chapter 10. So what I'm trying to show you is God identified Saul and spoke to Samuel in his ear. So Samuel will hear clearly that it is this person that God is talking about. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 10 and um, verse 17. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, And Samuel 
called the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdoms and of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your adversities and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. Listen very carefully. So you see, now God is going to introduce the man that he has spoken about. So Samuel gathered all the tribes of Israel together. And when all the tribes of Israel gathered together, he selected the tribe of the Benjamin. He brought out the tribe of Benjamin. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, verse 21, he says, when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken. Do you see how it is being narrowed down? The entire Israel, all the tribes of Israel, with all their families, and they selected the tribe of Benjamin. And out of the tribe of Benjamin, they selected the family of Matri and saw the king, the, the son of Kish was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord further if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the staff. But I'm trying to show you how God specifically out of the whole nation of Israel selected a man, a person. Do you see? Selected a person. And he made it so clear to Samuel that he couldn't miss him. And there were other descriptions of Saul also that you could not miss. And God made it like that. Hallelujah. That he will be distinct also. Amen. Verse 23, it says, And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. Hallelujah. Now these last two scriptures are the ones that I really want you to pay attention to. For all that we have been reading, that is where we are coming to. He says, And Saul also went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men 
whose hearts God had touched. Saul went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. They went with him. And these people who went with him, the Bible says, God has touched their hearts. But the children of Belial, the children of Belial said, how shall this man save us? How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no presents. But he held his peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that a powerful scripture? Now, if God does not touch your heart, if God does not touch your heart, you cannot receive or you cannot serve a man of God when he is nobody in your eyes. If God does not touch your heart, you cannot receive from a man of God when is, he is so small in the ministry. If God does not touch your heart, you cannot receive a man of God when he appears so small in your eyes. When he is of no significance in your eyes. You will despise him. So was someone that God specifically, specifically and clearly chose without any contradiction, without any doubt, God specifically chose him and anointed him to be a king. He anointed him to be a king. And he says that, to be a king over all my people. And you see, irrespective of the fact that God is the one that chose you, there will be people who will not receive you. Hallelujah. He said that God anointed him. God anointed him. So I believe that these are the people, the ones who followed him, the ones who went with him, they were the true servants. People with the true hearts of a servant. People whose hearts God has touched. He was just in the beginning of his ministry, but they went with him. The Bible says a band of men went with him whose hearts God has touched. Hallelujah. You see, when you are able to accept someone, when the person is nobody, when you are able to accept someone as a master, to be a servant to someone, when the person is nobody, it means that God has touched your heart. When you are able to receive from someone, when the person is a nobody, it means God has touched your heart. Hallelujah. It shows that God has really touched your heart to receive from a person. Especially when you feel that you are older than the person. When you feel that you know much more than the person. Except God touches your heart, you will not receive from that person. It looks as if, yes, the person has said something that is so exciting that you like, but truly, you are not receiving from that person. You realize that the person, that person cannot tell you to do this and you will do it. Sit down and you will sit. Accept that God has touched your heart. Hallelujah. It is, you see, it is always easy to serve someone when the person is a great person. Amen. It is always easy to serve someone when the person is a very powerful person. When the person has become powerful, then it becomes easy to serve or to follow that person. I believe that this man, this man that refused, who despised Saul, 
It became easier when Saul became a mighty king. It became easier for them to now submit to Saul when he became a mighty king. Or they were forced to now submit to him. They were forced to now to accept him, but they were not true servants. They were in the kingdom. They were in the nation as Saul's servants, as Saul's subordinates, but they were not true servants. Because now, Saul has attained a certain status. Saul has become a powerful king. So, they pay taxes to him. Hallelujah. They are forced to pay taxes to him. Now, if someone respects you and is paying taxes to you, it does not mean that the person is a servant to you. It's because of the authority that you have. It is because of the power that you have. But when, when you are a true servant, irrespective of the person's position, when God touches your heart, you'll find yourself serving the person. <laughs> Hallelujah. You'll find yourself serving the person. Amen. Those are true servants. Those are the people with the true hearts of a servant. Hallelujah. True servants are those who serve you even when you are in your small state, when you are in your small ministry, when you are in your small church, when you are nobody, when you are in the beginning of the ministry. People who will follow you in the beginning of your ministry, when you are nobody, they are people who God has touched their hearts. Those are the people who will follow you. Hallelujah. Those are the people who will follow you. Those are the people who will accept you. When you feel older than a person, except God touches your heart, you cannot receive from a young person. When you feel you are equal with a person, except that God touches your heart, you cannot receive from a younger person. You cannot receive from someone who you feel equal with. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You need to pray that God will touch your heart to receive from a master who is your equal your co-equal, or a master who you are older than. Hallelujah. You need to pray for that. Amen. You see, many, many years ago, many years ago, God clearly anointed Bishop. Do you see? When he went to Suhum to pray, God clearly anointed him. He said that something jumped out of the tape and came into his belly. And he came and he said it. And he told them, he says that, God has told me that now you can teach. And he started teaching. But there were many people that did did not regard him. There were many people that did not accept him. Hallelujah. Even though he was anointed. Even though he was anointed. Even though Saul was anointed, these people said, how can he save us? So, in the city of Accra, there were many that said, how can he call himself also a pastor? Even though God has anointed. Even though God has anointed. Hallelujah. There were many that refused him. There were many that rejected him. You see, when you are in the early stages of your ministry, many people do not receive you. If you are a young man and you are just graduating from school and you are looking for a wife, many women don't like you. Many women don't, they don't see, they don't, except that God touches your heart to see that this man is going to be a great person in the future. You, ah, you assess him and look at his shoes, dirty, you know, dusty shoes and, you know, you're living in America but your shoe is halfway, this type of, hallelujah, Amen. 
your hairstyle and when they look at your hairstyle you know i have seen some people who have transformed you know and in the beginning their hairstyle alone (laughs) mercy i don't want to say certain things it is too early and then you see that you see you see that and then you see you see that is why i I remember there was a movie a movie called coming to america that the man came to look for a wife and he didn't want anyone to know that he was a king because you see when when people know your status when people know the kind of person you are or how you what you can become it is easy for them to just receive you and accept you hallelujah it is very easy so he said don't tell anyone that i am a son of a king and let me find my real so he went to work in a restaurant working in a restaurant and that and then she he realized that there was a woman who god has touched her heart (laughs) and so you see the woman could the woman did not see anything great about him but she and she was in a higher status isn't that so her father was the one who owned the restaurant go and see that movie all you women who can god cannot open your eyes to see great things amen i i will ask bishop if we can add it to the macane movies you know they must watch movies you know to help the lord open your eyes to see great things amen hallelujah but you see he was anointed bishop was anointed but many people did not receive him many people did not receive him but god touched the hearts of certain people god touched the hearts of certain people that they did not see him as any great person god touched the hearts of certain people like bishop saki and bishop eddie lady reverend adelaide god touched their hearts these were people that you can see clearly that god has touched their hearts that he was nothing he was nobody he has not become anything he was so skinny he didn't look like any great thing but they followed him they served him they wanted to work with him they accepted his ministry hallelujah and i believe those days i mean they were classmates they were classmates they were of the same year bishop saki is even a little older than him and they they were not embarrassed they were not i believe that their family their their classmates were laughing at them they were teasing them are you serious you 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 are you are you are you a university person do you are you really educated you see and they were laughing at them so i could imagine that he would send them around go and do this go and do that and they were they, they would go and do it not embarrassed by being sent around by their equal hallelujah i believe that he will, he will give instruction because he says he's the leader so he says t after church please clean up the place and he says okay sir yes sir move the chairs ah the chairs are not well arranged and he will get up and then make sure the man is preaching this man this young man is preaching and he will stand up receiving amen because god touched their hearts hallelujah they followed him i believe that their classmates were laughing at them i believe that their family members they said you are a lawyer you are leaving your profession to follow this man 
Elisha, he left his profession, he left his business to follow a master. I believe his family members were laughing at him. Are you going to kill all these oxen just to follow this man? They were laughing at him. They may have advised him, don't do that. Try and see. Before you commit yourself, like some of you women, sometimes you want to try to see if the man is a real man before you commit to marriage. It's not a good thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Before you commit. Hallelujah. But these people, God has touched their hearts. Amen. They were not embarrassed by menial jobs. They were not embarrassed that the ministry was just the beginning. They were not embarrassed. They left their, their, their career to follow this man. And I believe that except God touches your heart, except God touches your heart, you cannot follow someone when the person is in the early stage of his ministry, when the person is a nobody, except that God touches your heart. Hallelujah. You will not follow a person like that. To leave your business, to leave your, your career, a well-paid job, to leave it, you are a lawyer, and to leave it, to follow this ministry that you don't even know where it's going. Except that God touches your heart. Hallelujah. And I believe that God touched the hearts of these people. Amen. Today, hundreds of thousands are now following him. They are following the bishop. They want to be his servants. They want to serve under his ministry. They want to work with him. Thousands of people worldwide, everywhere, they're calling him. They want to, to come. They want to. Because now it is easy to receive from someone like that. Now God has exalted him. So it is easy to receive from someone like that. It is easy to receive when someone has been so highly exalted. But when you are in the early stages of your ministry, it is only when God touches your heart that you can receive from a person like that. Hallelujah. That you can receive from a person like that. Amen. It's only when God has touched your heart. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It is only when God has touched your heart that you can receive from a person like that. Now, in the, when he started in the city of Accra, they were giving him names. They called him a lot of names. They said all sorts of things. Now, it is very easy. It is very easy. He forms an association of Pentecostal churches that a lot of people want to come under. He's organizing ISI pastors from world, worldwide. They are coming. Now, it is very easy because he can invite Benihim to come to Ghana. So, it's very easy. But in the early stages, the only people who could follow him were the people whose hearts God has touched. And as they also were not embarrassed, as they continued to do these menial jobs, as they were running around, running behind him, going back and forth, as they tolerated all the laughing, they were, I believe they were laughing stocks among their friends, among their families, and they were not embarrassed about that. And the Bible says, when, for that reason, he says, therefore, he says, he obeys himself, he humbled himself even further, and die even the death of the cross. He was not embarrassed. And therefore, the Bible says, therefore, as a result of that, because these people were not embarrassed, because they were not embarrassed to be the laughing stock among their family members, among their friends, now God has also highly exalted them. God has highly exalted them. God has highly exalted them. 
God has given them wonderful, powerful ministries. God has exalted them. And it is those who humble themselves from the beginning. Those are the ones that God has exalted. Hallelujah. Amen. Peter, John, and James, they were servants of Jesus. They were not embarrassed to do anything. They were not embarrassed to gather the crumbs. They were not embarrassed to be sent. You know, one time Jesus was hungry. He sent them, go and get me some food. He will send them. Go and get me some food. Go here, do this, do that, do this, do that. They were old men and they were running around. They were not embarrassed. Hallelujah. They did menial jobs. They cleaned up the church. When 5,000 people came to the church and they finished eating and they left, everyone left. They cleaned after them. Hallelujah. They were not embarrassed. Amen. They were not embarrassed. They were not embarrassed by menial jobs. They were not embarrassed by, by people laughing at them. Hallelujah. And so, John chapter 15 and verse 15. Quickly, we are finishing. John chapter 15 and verse 15. John chapter 15, verse 15. It says, Henceforth, Henceforth, I call you not servants. So do you, it says, henceforth, henceforth. What does henceforth mean? From now on. That means that they were servants all along. They were servants. He considered them servants. He treated them as servants. He sent them around as servants. But he says, henceforth, they come to a place. He says, henceforth, not the ones who were colleagues, not the Pharisees who were not servants, not the ones who were who thought they were his equal, the scribes, the Pharisees, but the ones that considered themselves as servants. He says, henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you what? Friends. Hallelujah. I called you friends. I called you friends. As Bishop was coming up and they were following him, and he, they were following him as servants. He has come to a place. Now he says, I'm a bishop. I call you friends. You are all bishops also. He says, henceforth, you are not servants. Henceforth, you are not servants. You have been with me. Henceforth, you are not servants anymore. Henceforth, you don't do menial jobs anymore. I am a bishop. You are also bishop. Everything that I'm doing, you also need to know. He says, Henceforth, I'll call you not servant, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I've called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made them known unto you. You will come to that stage when you put yourself as a servant. When you place yourself as a servant, you will come to a place where Christ will call you a friend. You will come to a place where he will make everything that the Father tells him, he will let you know. When you serve him faithfully, hallelujah, when you serve him faithfully. When, when these people, John, James, Peter, when they followed him, followed him everywhere, serving him, cleaning after him, and doing all sorts of things, when he left, when he left, there was a mighty ministry given to them. Powerful ministry that when the people looked, when the people looked at them, 
The only thing that they could say, we cannot identify them with anything. We cannot say that they have been educated. We are here with them, and we have seen them going and coming. They have not sat in a classroom. They have not sat in the school of prophets. They have not gone to be with the lawyers. They have not been with the scribes. They have not sat anywhere else. But all that we can say about them is that they had been with Jesus. That is all we can say, that they had been with Jesus. All we can say is that they were following this man around, and we don't know why they have come to this state. But this is all we can say, that they have have been with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Our time is up. Let us bring our service to an end. Stand on to your feet. They have been with Jesus. Henceforth, I call you no more servants. Henceforth. Henceforth. May the Lord touch your heart. May the Lord touch your heart. Except the Father draws you, you cannot come. May the Lord touch your heart that you can also be with the Father. Oh, lift up your hands and pray. Ask the Lord to touch your heart. Ask the Lord to touch your heart. To be a true servant. Ask the Lord to touch your heart. The Bible says, this man, a band of men followed Saul. Whose heart God had touched. Whose heart God had touched. Except the Lord touches your heart. May God touch your heart. May God touch your heart. Lord, touch our hearts. That we will become true servants. Not servants when we see a great person. Not servants when we see a mighty prophet. But when it is the early stages of ministry. And the Lord People, may they become true servants, true servants, true servants, true servants, not because of the status of the master, not because of the power of the master, but true servants, true servants who do not see themselves as equal with masters. Help us, help us, help us, help Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. We thank you, Father, for touching our hearts this evening. Father, may our hearts not be the same as you touch the hearts of a band of men who followed Saul. Father, may you touch our hearts to follow the servants that you have given us. May you touch our hearts. Father, even when they are small in our eyes, when we feel they are our equal, when we feel that we are above them, when we feel that we are more important than them, Lord, touch our hearts to become true servants, to serve under their ministry in the name of Jesus. We are thankful and we are grateful. Transform these hearts of ours. We offer our hearts in your hands, Lord. Touch them and transform them 
may our hearts as we came not be the same as we are living here but may there be hearts that you have touched hearts that you have touched in the name of jesus we thank you lord we are grateful we bless you in jesus name if there's anyone here this evening you are not born again you want to give your life to christ if you are here like that lift up your right hand and i'll say a short prayer with you i'll say a simple prayer with you you are here you want to give your life to christ lift up your hands and let us pray why don't you all join and say lord jesus lord jesus thank you for dying for me thank you for dying for me lord jesus lord jesus please forgive me of my sins please forgive me of cleanse me from all righteousness cleanse me from all lord jesus lord jesus purify my heart purify my heart i invite you i invite this you evening this evening to come into my heart to come into my heart. take control of my life take control of my life be my master be my master. be my savior be my savior. lord jesus lord jesus please write my name please write in, my the name. in the book of life in the book of thank you jesus thank you jesus. for saving me for saving in jesus name in jesus name amen. amen amen why don't you put your hands together for the lord you may be seated We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.